Hello, welcome to episode 29 of season one of Skip It, the podcast, which goes into this iconic TV show called Skippy about a wonderful kangaroo who lived in the 60s in Australia and went on all sorts of adventures with their best friend, Sunny. This episode is called Mayday. It's part one of a two-part series directed by Max Varnell, written by Ross Napier and Tony Booth. It stars our usual family in the series, plus Barbara Joss as Barbara Mason. Barbara was born in 1937 in England, and she was featured in Doctor Who and Homicide in the 60s and Sons and Daughters in the early 80s. No mention on her IMDb of Skippy, but she was a key character in this episode. I'm joined to discuss this series by our usual panelists on the show. Lee, hello. G'day. How's it going? And John, hey. Hey, how are you going? Okay, so we start this episode with Skippy's go-to sexy music, revealing that this is going to be an episode featuring attractive <laughs> women. A red car pulls into a gas station and a man rushes out to fill the gas. So immediately, this is a slightly different Australia than the one we have today. What did you think about that, John? Oh, yeah. Well, I thought it was very interesting, uh, that start. And the um, we've heard that music before. And I, we've got to credit Eric Dupe for the uh, music for this one because he, he does pull out all the sacks at the start. And it's like... Na, 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 na. So it's really, really suggestive. And I, like, I sort of didn't even really notice that the guy went to fill up the gas pump, which is something that I've never, ever, ever, ever seen, really. And uh, yeah, no, quite, quite different story. And I also wanted to just sort of mention it was interesting that um, Barbara was on Doctor Who, a la Lisa Goodard, who Clancy. Um, so it's like got two people from Doctor Who, uh, which I thought was an interesting note. Yeah, a couple of interesting moments there. Lee, do you lose respect for a song if it features saxophone? <laughs> no, I don't mind that. I like brass, but I I did wonder whether the composer, the second that he gets the script and he sees that there's another female featured, gets really excited. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I can actually bring out the sexy sax. because. <laughs> So it happens when there's a female. It's not just normal music. It's got to be ultra sexy. I wonder if you've got a fetish for like a Dr. Stark. He never gets this kind of music, but I don't know. Someone should do a cut where they just put that music, the sexy music. <laughs> yeah, <Dr>. to, <laughs> to, to highlights of uh, Stark. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully one day. Um, so we start with this, this music and uh, this woman, Barbara, gets out of the car and dashes to a payphone. She dials up the payphone, reaches Matt and asked to speak to Jerry. And Jerry's looking for a file at this point, and Matt mentions to him that tonight's Father's Night at Cubs, as if to warn Jerry not to bone whoever's on the other end of the call. (laughs) Jerry tells Barb he's busy, but Barb replies back, we'll see you at 6pm at the usual place. It seems a little controlling, but Jerry ignores the red flag. (laughs) Now, while alone with Mark, uh, Jerry reveals his plan to actually meet up with Barbara by using the chopper on work time, and he asks Mark to cover for him. Matt walks back in as they're about to discover the cover-up, and they quickly have to divert the conversation with Jerry saying he'd hate to be caught flying at night. Matt asks why he would be flying at night. It's an awkward moment. Lee, what did you make of that awkward moment? Does Matt suspect something's up at this point? I don't think he does, which gets back to the point we've made a couple of times. They should be suspecting 
everything is up all the time at this place because <laughs> anything out of the ordinary should be just alarm bells going off. But it was an interesting thing. I mean, I think the whole setup of this episode was, look, it didn't turn out this way, but the intro, the whole piece made it feel like this could have been some kind of rom-com where the only danger yeah. might be to like, you know, a character's heart. And I thought Jerry's reaction when the phone gets hung up on him is this kind of, oh gosh, gee whiz, how do I get out of this one? Like, it Yeah, and Lee, it ends with a like a little like ends with a like a sax sort of silly bit yeah no you're right and i also thought you know that an idea is a stupid idea when mark is saying it's dumb like, <laughs> are you seriously going to take a helicopter but not just any helicopter but the rescue helicopter to go meet your girlfriend like that's really dumb they should have renamed this episode uh booty call because <laughs> that's pretty much the crutch of the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to come back to this point because our characters, some of them are a little bit different in this episode. So I'll get your thoughts on that. So, yeah, we find out that Matt is head chef at this Cubs Father's Day event. And we've never seen Matt cook before. Uh, John, what type of cuisine do you think he'd make? I'm assuming just sausages. That's it. <laughs> this was the episode where Matt reminded me of my dad so much like and if you put a moustache on him he would sort of look a bit like him like a wider version so I don't know like just him and then later on it just yeah just reminded me of like dad stuff (laughs) he was fully inhabiting that whole role uh tonight and that's why he's like don't you know screw with this thing tonight Jerry I'm doing stuff you know I'm doing dad stuff this is important yeah Yeah. so we find out that Jerry has to be back from his flight patrol at six o'clock and stay at HQ so there's a head ranger on site. And Mark will stay in the office at least until that point. Outside at the chopper, Jerry's getting ready to leave, and Mark tells Jerry, this girl must mean a lot to you for you to risk your job. Jerry says you can't always live by the book. He's been a bit of a dick in this episode so far. <laughs> Lee, what did you think about villainous Jerry? Yeah, I was going to ask you both of you about this because Mark is really put in a tough situation here. He's being oh. convinced or influenced by the, let's just say, the older kid to do something wrong and lie to his dad. And at the same mm. time, he doesn't really want to be this narc, Mark the narc. So, mm. <laughs> so it sort of really sets up that... Yeah, Jerry's being a bit of a bully here. And mm. it also leads to what ends up being the first Mark-centric episode we've seen where he's so featured. Mm. Well, and also, like, Jerry is obviously, like, absolutely hypnotised by this lady's wilds as well. Like, that's the other thing. Um, you know, why is all of a sudden Jerry become, like, this irresponsible guy who, who's the one that flies the chopper? You know, mm. like, he should be the most responsible. And, yeah, Julie, you're absolutely right. Like, it's co- total, like, insane peer pressure where Jerry just wants to get tail and he's putting masses amount of pressure on Mark to cover for him. And I haven't really seen this in Jerry before because normally he's just saving everybody and, you know, being the... um you know, like the action man of the uh, the group. No, I think an interesting point that um, John raises, because you want your pilot to be a nerd. You want a nerdy pilot. Yeah. You don't want yeah. the pilot to get on the air and be like, oh, look, we were going to fly direct to New Delhi, but we're just going to stop in Singapore so I could bone this chick on the way. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Ashwin, do you think, since we know Ross Napier has written so many episodes, that he decided to add a different dimension to Jerry's character so he doesn't seem like such a goody-goody two-shoes? Or do you think, and I, you know, we're, I feel like we're always piling on <laughs> Ross Napier, but do you think it's that, or do you think that he just forgot 
who Jerry was and just <laughs> added things just randomly. He seemed to, to be the yeah. most obvious one that would be in that yeah. position, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I can see the merits of letting the characters evolve a little bit because that is interesting to see some growth and change. And, you know, maybe if you're preparing a character to move on, maybe mm. Jerry grows up and you move him on and Mark becomes more of the Jerry character. I'm not sure what happens in this season as the episodes go ahead, but I think, yeah, just you've got multiple writers. They're going to sometimes they stretch the characters beyond breaking point. And uh, I think maybe this is a case where Jerry's just being a bit stretched into the arsehole direction a bit too much. Or yeah. he just hasn't had sex in ages. Yeah. And he's yeah. got, like, crazy eyes from it. Like, yeah. he just can't, he can't resist. Yeah. No. So, so anyway, Jerry flies off and Sonny is in his cub uniform now, ready to go to this Dad's Day event. And Skippy is forced to wave goodbye very aggressively, more <laughs> aggressively than normal. I think they have a new and unreasonably vigorous animal handler. Did that seem weird to you how fast he was waving, John? Yeah, no, no. I was, I was glad they had a, the hand wave, but it was Skippy was really waving hard. Can we also comment on Matt's chef outfit? Because oh, that's right, we missed that because there was yeah. a big reveal, and also the cutest thing I've ever seen is Sunny in a Cubs outfit. Yeah, it looked like a perfect image, like Dad in chef's hat and uh, apron. And he still had his Rangers stuff on. He didn't know formal wear for Matt. And, and yeah, and then you had this little cute kid, you know, almost like made for that uniform. Well, the thing was, though, Sonny says how great Matt looks in his Rangers outfit and apron and chef, like French chef's hat. But <laughs> I just kind of felt like if my dad came out dressed like that and I knew he was going to be taking me in front of all my friends <laughs> looking like that, I would be... So embarrassed. <laughs> I'd be the most embarrassing night of your life. <laughs> yeah. So those two are having a good time. They're getting ready, ready to head off. Jerry then radios in to Mark from the chopper and says he'll be home in 15 minutes. Mark and Skippy get the lights out because they know Jerry and realise it will probably be after dark by the time he gets in. Jerry then sees smoke and the chopper suffers a major mechanical failure and starts to descend. Jerry tries to let Mark know, but Mark is out with the lights and doesn't hear him. Jerry issues a final mayday before crashing. The chopper looks wrecked. Barbara then calls headquarters, reaches Mark, and tells him she's annoyed as Jerry hasn't arrived yet. Mark now realizes there's a problem, goes to the radio, and he can't reach Jerry. Mark calls Bardsley Airfield and finds that they heard a mayday and are checking it out. Mark then calls a nearby ranger, it seems, and they also heard the mayday. And sometimes soaps and dramas kill characters off. This happened in Home and Away at one point. I think uh, Tom died, Father oh, Tom uh, died. You know, uh, like 50,000 points. Like, don't they kill yeah. a person off every season? Exactly. So, you know, soaps and dramas and family-friendly shows are capable of killing main <laughs> characters. Were you concerned that this might be Jerry's time, John? Well, not really, because I, I'm pretty sure they all, apart from like Clancy and, you know, the peripherals, I'm pretty sure all the core groups stay till the end of this, not spoilers, stay till the end of this series. So um, I wasn't too concerned there. What I was sort of concerned was like, this is our like second chopper crash. Like, there was a chopper crash in the last episode, right? I had a point about that. Do you think that that crash was the same that we saw last week? Uh, See, I was thinking that too, because it looked way better. That It looked like a way better set, and and the chopper looked properly wrecked, whereas the 
other one, the chopper didn't look wrecked. So what makes me think is that did they come across a chopper wreck and go, well, we've got to use this in, ep- in an episode because that they're not going to wreck their own chopper that's working. I mean, eventually choppers are going to be retired and turn into scrap. Well, that's it. It could be an old retired chopper that they just used, but I'm not, or the, maybe they, you know, were upgrading for the next season. I don't know. But mm. there is something going on there because to have two chopper wrecks and, like, it is sort of one of those things where it's like when you have something interesting, creative writer should be able to sort of work their way around it and insert it into an episode. So I have a feeling it might be something like that. But, yeah, I'm not sure. Um did you think it was the same one? Because uh, the last one, the chopper looked a lot less damaged. Yeah, I mean, luckily it was shot at night and it was quite a fiery wreck. So I thought there was some creative license there. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, I thought it might have been that they'd planned these two episodes out at the same time. And they thought, yep. okay, well, we're going to have a crash. We're going to, well, let's do two because we've got <laughs> footage. And the first one, which was last week's, as we commented on, it was covered in branches and leaves mm. and i wondered if that was because they thought well we've got to make them look different yep. we'll cover this one in all this foliage and, and all these broken branches so that next week when we reveal the crash yeah it looks like two different crashes and because mm. yeah and it shot at a lower angle it's sort of shot at the height you'd go in a chopper at whereas this one sort of opens with it like a shot going down over the whole site so it's actually quite big and you can see the propellers of the chopper all bent and damaged and i think the whole back half of it looks all you know Mm. damaged as well so yeah it could be that where they've you know definitely been more like economical because they look like different shots but yeah you're totally right because there was a lot of debris around and both of them involve jerry of course because he's the chopper pilot so yeah either way it's it's a wreck and it looks like a very serious situation so you start to understand why this is a two-part episode because this mess is not going to be covered up very quickly. We find out uh, that Mark doesn't tell any emergency agency about Jerry as he's worried that Jerry will lose his job. There is a lot of shit to cover up uh, now. And so they're both starting to get in trouble, including Mark. Matt calls in from the event saying, senior to HQ. Not Matt, senior. He's still senior wherever in the world Mm -hmm. he is. Uh, No one is answering and Matt is annoyed. He wanted to find out when Clancy was arriving by train the next day and have a telegram sent. Why not a phone call to him? It's so old school. Why not just say Clancy's coming tomorrow and I wanted to send some Morse code. Uh, Matt and Skippy head out to where Jerry may be based on his last check-in. So it's not time now and they find the wreckage. And instead of rushing to find Jerry, Mark's initial response is to slow down to a glacial pace and circle the wreckage. Luckily, Skippy is onto it and runs about, eventually finding Jerry. Mark picks up Jerry's cap and stares at it. Still no urgency to find Jerry. Skippy scratches Mark to wake him out of his stupor and leads him to Jerry. Mark doesn't check his pulse, but gently headbutts Jerry's chest to realise he's still breathing. (laughs) This is the worst DPR ever. Lee, what did you think of Mark's performance at this stage? I mean, it was certainly funny, but (laughs) this is where the comedy happened. No, I mean, look, I think, again, it's a case of the director and writer don't know what they should be doing in this situation. And so I may say that it could also be just that they thought, let's just get straight to the point. He's just going to put his head to his chest, see if his heart's still beating. And also the other point is Mark is also meant to be young like a Mm. teenager. So I guess if he was immediately launching into first aid, they might make it seem like he knows more than he should, but 
then I could also counter that and say he works at a rescue ranger station, so he probably should know how to do this stuff. So. Yeah, all the time. Well, yeah, he does sort of shake out of his stupor, but like I think it is one of those things where maybe they just wanted to have him discover the chopper as we do, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, yeah you know, as the viewer, across that sense of shock, he looks in shock as well. Yeah, yeah, he does look. He like as soon as he sees the chopper crash, he's he just like open mouth the whole time. I was more shocked that when he found him. Even though he was unconscious, Jerry had managed to get a nice pillow made of leaves for his head to rest on. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just so that the actor wasn't there, just lying on the dirt. So I thought that was that was very clever of oh, Jerry. What a diva! He must have insisted on it in his writer. Well, maybe the chopper cut down a whole bunch of leaves, yeah. and it sort of yeah, he yeah. just happened to land in the right spot. Because yeah, I'm assuming he crawled to to that spot. That's what I assume. Yeah. Uh, or he jumped out or he Or he got out. thrown out. Yeah. I mean, that would make sense, crawling away from a potential fireball that's yes. about to happen. Absolutely. So, so, yeah, back at headquarters. Now Barbara is inside the building as Matt arrives home. And she explains that she was waiting for Jerry and he never showed up. Matt says Mark should have reported the aircraft as missing. And Matt goes on to report it. Search crews will start looking at dawn, which is still perhaps seven hours away. And that will be too late for Jerry. Mark is continuing with his hatch at CPR as Jerry wakes up and then passes out. Mark passes on the red cap to Skippy to take back to HQ. Matt then confirms that the mayday must have come from Jerry as all the other pilots in the air at the time have been accounted for. He's distressed. You can see it on his face because he's got no idea where to start looking in this giant national park. And he can't reach Mark either, who he knows is out looking somewhere. This is a very different time because if it happened today... Mark would have released a TikTok by now. He would have FaceTimed it. We're in a very different era. John, did you reflect on how hard it was for these characters to connect with each other back then? Well, yeah. And also the thing is he's still got to cover it all up as well. So so he wouldn't necessarily even be doing that now. So I'm not sure exactly how his mind's working in the respect of how he's going to get Jerry out of this, considering that he's crashed the chopper anyway. Like, wouldn't you just go, well, let's just call it and call up everybody and get Matt, you know, and everything like that. But no, no, it was, it was, would have been very helpful if he had a mobile phone. Yeah. Lee, what about yourself? What do you think about this moment where Matt comes home and realizes how severe things are? Yeah, well, I thought that whole setup was certainly interesting. Uh, to, to the point you just mentioned, though, I found this whole episode, the secret star was a telephone because people either didn't know how to use them. And most of the drama illustrated how without cell phones, nobody can reach anyone in an emergency unless you have a walkie-talkie. Like, you're really screwed. So I think it really reinforces how we are fortunate in some ways to have cell phones. But at the same time, it shows you how TV shows relied on this so many different ones, such as Skippy, you know, not being able to communicate with someone when an emergency happens. Yeah, yeah. 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 How to to get that message from A to B. Oh, sorry, before we go any further, and this might be another subject, but I wanted to call back the other ranger station. Then I think it was Davidson, who I think we've heard referred to before. And there's a whole scene where he talks to his wife asking when she heard the Mayday call. And I thought it was funny because I wonder what, like, adventures they get up to in their ranger station is it is every ranger station like adventure town where just shit is just always hitting the fan because i haven't got the impression that it does not there i, I feel like it could be like springfield and shelbyville and they're just <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> like a station where everyone's a massive prick yeah and boring as hell 
Yeah, he yeah. did seem yeah. extremely bored when he was on the phone. It's like, and then yeah, it's like just uh, for anyone who's seen Napoleon Dynamite, his brother Kip. <laughs> this was like the Australian <laughs> version of Kip, just the way he was talking. Like, and he calls to his yeah, and you don't see the wife; you just hear her like, "Oh, I just heard this." Blah blah blah. It's almost comical, like a little bit. Like if they had funny yeah. voices, it would have been hilarious. Um, yeah. A couple who grew up never having children and now they're just bored of each other's shit. Yeah, and, and like, is this what happens when the wife is at the ranger station? It's just, like, boring-ass shit all the time? Like, is that is that their message? <laughs> yeah, we need to do a parallel universe show of this other ranger station. Like, yeah, where it's just them drinking tea and going on patrols that are non-eventful. Yeah, that would be much more relaxing, because I get scared and worried for our characters. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so now Skippy returns back to the headquarters with this red cap. Mark is back with Jerry and about to light a flare, but Jerry says, no flares, fire, then passes out. What if those were his last words? What a sad way to go. But Mark is really tiring him out here. I love Mark's obsession. Like, fire, like he wanted to fire that flare gun because there's quite a few scenes where, where Jerry's like, no, don't fire it. And he's like, and then Skippy comes just as he's about to fire it too. And he's like, oh, okay. And then gets the radio out. Like, I love that bit. That was like comedy gold because it's like, you know, he just wanted to fly the flare gun. Like, please let me fire this no matter what. Even if it starts a fire, I'll put it out. Like, he says that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Matt gives Skippy a radio to give to Mark as quick as she can. There's a little bit of a, a drama while she's got the radio and she's getting to the crash site. And there's a dingo that comes out and goes, and then she skips off and escapes. Like, there's a little bit of, like, Skippy's got to dodge a few obstacles which i thought was like adding like whoa this is like getting way way more yeah so the drama kicks off again barbara is distressed and says jerry could be hurt can we really rely on a kangaroo matt interrupts her and says what we're all thinking skippy nobody's life could be in safer hands lee did you have an emotional response to skippy's competence being questioned uh, not so much it being questioned because to be honest when skippy came in and started to talk to matt I would have thought Barbara, if she had any sense, would have snapped out of her sadness and been like, wait on, can you actually understand that kangaroo? <laughs> what the fuck's going on? <laughs> what is happening in this place? You're, kangaroo. You're relying yeah. on this kangaroo for communication? <laughs> wait yeah. a minute. Yeah. Um, and, then, yeah. and then also when Matt did have that moment, it was another one of those, we'll cut to a different angle. He has this proud look on his face, a key light illuminates part of him and there's triumphant music underscoring him saying that nobody's life could be in safer hands like i just thought it was it actually did make me laugh because i just find those moments pretty funny but but in a good yeah. way no i like that and yeah so the dramatic music kicks off and that was a moment where we have gotten to know skippy over 29 episodes whereas these new characters meeting it for the first time so they don't know what we know i feel like there was two sides being demonstrated in that moment so matt then calls in to mark using the radio and matt tells him to state his exact location and crash details. We see them stretch a jerry away from the site and into a bed at HQ. Barbara says a doctor is on his way. Matt says it's a miracle he's still alive. However, we're not sure if he'll stay that way. The episode wraps at this point. John, what are your thoughts at where we are in this two-part series at, at this point? 
Oh, well, it was a big drama episode. It was interesting. Obviously, it's hard to judge because it's like half an episode. And like, I was surprised they got this far into it because I was imagining they would still leave you know, uh, a cliffhanger episode with Jerry in peril in the bush. Maybe we'll see a little bit more. I'm not sure next episode because I'm assuming it'll get political because Jerry's potentially going to get fired. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But I really did like this episode in the respect of just the whole adventure element. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I'm going to just give it a solid four. Four Gumley's very good. Yeah, and you're right. It has changed now from a search and rescue episode to uh, what's going to happen to Jerry's survival and punishment episode, which is a different theme. Lee, what did you think about part one and how many gumleys are you going to give it? Yeah, I'm very interested to know where this is going to go because just like you mentioned, John, it was odd to me that the Mayday Will Continue next week happened with Jerry. Will he recover or not? Well, I'm pretty sure he will recover because he's regained consciousness a couple of times. I thought it was an okay app. I mean, I I thought it was good. I didn't like it as much as the last couple of episodes, but I thought the premise had more potential for either fast before they got into danger, particularly I thought with a two-parter, you have a little bit more time to set up the characters. Like it would have been good to find out a little bit more about Barbara, like what's Mm. her stake in this. I thought they were also going to make Skippy's journey to get the hat to Matt or the radio to Matt a little bit more perilous because when they showed that dingo, I thought, oh, okay, this is going to be a bit of uh, will she get there on time? Yeah, or just some sort of like there's going to be a few more obstacles, but that didn't happen either. So that's why I feel like I don't want to judge it too early because there could be something revealed next week and the plot beats and pacing of this set were in service of a greater story arc that we just don't know yet. I think it was a good episode. I'll probably give it a 3.4. Okay, that's reasonable. Yep. Yeah. That's the variety. Yeah, so it sounds like we're staving it off to, to the next step, to next week, to find out exactly how this all ends. I liked it. I found it exciting and you had enough drama and near death and, uh, and all those elements. So I'm going to give it four gum leaves for now. Um, we'll see where it wraps up next week so john is there anything you want to tell us about part two you obviously don't want to give away the boss little teasers no no i think there's some some interesting stuff to keep us going so it's uh mayday part two aka where there's smoke oh in brackets Mm -hmm. and then uh okay two crash detectives investigate jerry's hell so obviously he survived jerry's helicopter accident and unable to substantiate his story of going off course to check on a bushfire Gippy and Sonny head off to find evidence needed to clear Jerry from the charges. Oh, okay. So, meanwhile, Jerry hands in his resignation effective immediately. Oh, my God. Exactly. This has been Skip It with Lee. Hey, thanks for today. Thanks, Ashwin, for hosting. And thanks, John. Thanks, John. Thank you. Skip, 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 skip,